0: This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This
1: is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. faithfulness when you're a believer and a follower is expected we've got life to live guys and God will lead us and guide us in that he gives us his Holy Spirit to do that but we've got to follow if you don't follow you're not a follower so Jesus' point for Peter is look you can't follow me now you have a life to live go be faithful with that and let me worry about the future you're going to be with me later I got that
0: part. There are many things in life that we can be faithful towards. We can be faithful towards our families or towards our favorite sports team. In today's message, Pastor Troy goes in-depth on how we're called to be faithful as followers of Jesus. He says that faithfulness is expected. Often, this life can be difficult, but God calls us to be faithful to His Word and truths. Next time you think of heaven, don't think of it as a place where you'll be free, but as a reward given to you for your faithfulness on earth. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 13 with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. If the Lord said, oh Peter, now I got a plan for you,
1: and you're going to go, you're going to get beaten up a few times, man, life's going to be very tough, most of it, you're not even going to feel like waking up some mornings, you're going to be imprisoned, and then, actually, let me use a real life example other than Peter. Let's say the Lord says, I'm going to use your life, but you're going to be taken to concentration camps, and you're going to be hated just for who you are, what nation you come from, and you're going to be abused and tortured and misused, and then when you're older, you're going to live out your days, and you're going to be a light, a ministry, for me, and you're going to have aches and pains because of all of that for the rest of your life, but you're, it's going to be a light and a witness, and then one day when you're sharing, one of the abusers is going to come, and they're going to want to hear this gospel that, that you shared, and not know anything about the fact that they had abused you, but you will know, and I want you to forgive them. This is the calling I have for you. You in? Like, uh. Can I just like become a great football player and give a lot of money to church? I mean, Can I just do that or, or something? See, Corey ten Boom, that was her lot in life. That's exactly what happened to her. She didn't do anything wrong. They were helping the Jews um, because of uh, Nazi Germany, Hitler, and the concentration camps. And she herself... Went in and lost her father through all of that. Never got to see him again, alive. The family was torn apart. They lived through this. And she would come out and, and, and uh, follow Christ. She would give her testimony. She learned to thank the Lord for things like fleas. Because, see, they had a Bible study. And uh, the Germans were not keen to someone having a Bible Somehow she got it in. She didn't know it was the Lord. It was a miracle, she says. But they had their Bible studies, and the only reason they could continue those Bible studies is because the room that they were in was the most flea and lice infested room in the camp. And they were just, her sister was griping and complaining about it. And, 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 and Corey Timboon was trying to teach her sister, we've got to give thanks to the Lord in all things. I don't know why, but we've got to give thanks to the Lord, we've got to trust the Lord. Well, come to find out, they could continue to have their strength built up and minister in this little room in camp because it was so flea-infested that the guards would never come in and inspect their room. They didn't want to go in there. So God had a purpose and a plan. And then when she's speaking publicly, after all of that, years later she sees this man has a flashback. He's coming forward. He has no idea that she was among the numbers in, in the prison camp that he abused, but he came back wanting to, she had spoken on forgiveness. And she wanted to, um, or he, he wanted to come and said, he has so much to be forgiven of. She knew, but she didn't want to forgive him. But here he is. Couldn't it have been any other German? But she said she didn't feel like forgiving him. But she knew she couldn't do what she would feel like doing. So as he's sharing his heart about forgiveness and needing to be forgiven, she reached up and grabbed his hand and said, The Lord forgives you. And at the same time, she said she felt like everything that was ice in her began to soften because of her obedience. And that she felt a forgiveness, even a love for this man. Like Jesus from the cross, she thought he did not know what he was doing. Faithfulness, when you're a believer and a follower, is expected. We've got life to live, guys. And God will lead us and guide us in that. He gives us his Holy Spirit to do that, but we've got to follow. If you don't follow, you're not a follower. So Jesus' point for Peter is, look, you can't follow me now. You have a life to live. Go be faithful with that. And let me worry about the future You're going to be with me later. I got that part. After his resurrection, and then when he's about to ascend, the disciples asked Jesus, Now are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus told them, It's not for you to know uh, seasons concerning this, but you need to go out and be witnesses. We love to talk about heaven, we love to sing about heaven. We say we can't wait till we're there, almost in an escapist format, like, oh, this life is miserable. I can't wait to be in heaven. But listen, God's purpose is not just to take us to heaven. He's got a purpose for your life here. We've got some living to do. If his purpose was just to take you to heaven, then we would only need two roles in the church, evangelist and undertaker. And we've got a good, that would be the usher, the role of usher, undertaker. You're called to be an undertaker to send the others to heaven. But other than that, there would be no, no need of teaching or anything else. Why? We don't need it. I'm saved. But we need instruction because we're also to grow, to become a light, to show the world that they say people don't change. And they're right because it's who we are. But with Christ in a life... Everything changes. So, for those who belong to him, he wants to use your life. Your faithfulness is expected. You're called to be a light in this world. God has a plan and a purpose. Are you seeking that? Do you desire to do what God has purposed for you to do? You're missing something. If you're not following, you're missing something. You're looking for something you're you're not content you may be content for a moment a day you might find a good relationship for a week but you're missing something and you always will because you're meant for something else and the lord will lead you and guide you and walk with you through it all because your faithfulness is expected when you're his and your future is assured that's good news for us your future is assured He says, but you shall follow me afterward. Church historians tell us that Peter died in 67 AD, just outside of Rome. They were going to crucify him, or they did crucify him. You know, Jesus wasn't the only one crucified. It was a a common form of torture and execution. Two thieves were crucified near Jesus. Now, very few, if any, were passed between you know, two kings and beaten and mocked as a king and beaten to the degree that he was and had the the whole nation turn their back on them and, and those things. And so in that sense, he took it upon himself more than any human ever had, anyone had. But as far as crucifixion, which by the way is painful enough, I wouldn't want to go through it. There were others and Peter was among them. Peter didn't feel worthy according to church history of such a death. And so he asked that he be crucified upside down or hung upside down instead because he didn't feel worthy to to die the same way that Christ had done. So Peter would die and follow Jesus in his glory. Notice that Jesus in his assurance didn't say to Peter, and I hope you follow me afterwards. You know, Peter, you've got a lot of hangups. You've got a lot to overcome. I, I hope you make it. He didn't say that at all. He speaks emphatically like, Peter, you will follow me afterwards. Right now, you got some living to do, but you will be there with me. He assures him of the future. In fact, he assures the believers of their future, those who have a relationship with him, he assures. And that's no matter how short or limited your life is. You know, some have a lot of life left, and and you grow, and you see faith, and you see the growth but what about the thief on the cross? Some like to say, he didn't do anything, but I think he did something great. He put all of his hope in Christ. He did the same thing someone who's young and has plenty of life left to live does. See, think about it. Before, before he put his hope in Christ, the two thieves were among the mockers hurling insults. I always wondered about that. like, man, these guys are dying. Why would they hurl insults at him too? Because here's the thing. If you can side with them, maybe they'll have mercy on you. There's a little bit of hope. They have my life in their hands. And so if I jump in there to, yeah, you say you're the king of the Jews. If I side with them, maybe they'll see I'm human. Maybe they'll take a pity on me. And I put my hope in this and just trying to join in with them. So when he stopped doing that, And he saw this one on the cross who was even more beaten than him. And he says, I believe in you. I want to be in your kingdom with you. He just cut off all hope from the world. He had no hope of anyone bringing him down. I think he did a lot. That's the great work. is putting your hope in Christ. Not in people and not in things. Yeah, the works come, but they're a result of the hope. Yeah, he didn't get to go get baptized, but he would have. And he didn't get to go do great things for the Lord, but he would have because he had his hope in the Lord. And I think that's the biggest work, to put it all right there and in nothing else. He didn't have much life to live but what he did live still speaks to this day.
0: Stay tuned to hear more from today's teaching on building on the solid rock. Pastor Troy Neely has been sharing insights from God's word with us, and he'll have much more to share in the next part of this message. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we pray you've been encouraged and challenged by what you've heard. If you've been touched by this program, or if you have any questions about building on the solid rock, we'd love to hear from you. Send an email to info at buildingonthesolidrock dot That's info at buildingonthesolidrock dot com. You can also find out more about this program by visiting buildingonthesolidrock.com. dot com. Listen to previous teachings as well, and even subscribe to our podcast. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. On the, solid rock.
1: the Lord made sure to include it. So, no matter how short or limited that life may be, Jesus has a plan and a purpose for you. We don't retire from the work of God. That's called death. And then we go and we live that life that is so much better than this one. But until then, as long as we have breath, we have a life to live for His glory, to bring Him glory. We have a purpose and we're missing out if we're not seeking him for that. In First John chapter 5, verse 12 and 13 says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You know, if you've ever been in an airport, you know that there's basically two types of passengers there. There's the confirmed ticketed passenger, and then there's the standby passenger. And if you just look at them, you can kind of tell the difference. Just observing. See, the confirmed ticketed passenger is usually fairly relaxed. They know they got time, so they're uh, listening to their uh, radio or reading a book, listening to music, going away, grabbing something to eat, just sleeping if there's room. But the standby passenger is usually pretty anxious. They're not relaxing. They're trying to, they're, they're there, they're hovering, they're looking at the screen, wondering, asking questions, hoping they'll be on the flight. They want to go to the same place you're going. They're just not sure they'll get to go. That's a miserable life, isn't it? It doesn't have to be that way. Let me ask you this. If you knew by the end of this week, you'd be standing before the Lord. If you knew before the end of this week was over, that you'd be standing in the presence of the Lord and that division, that dividing line, that here's where you're going to end up. You're right there trying to figure it out. Where would you go? Are you confident in that? Are you confident that you would hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or... Would you hear, depart from me? I never knew you. I never, not that I didn't know who you are. He knows everyone. But we didn't have a relationship. We we didn't walk together. You never sought me for anything. We don't have a relationship. Do you know what kind of result you would find yourself standing in front of? Situation. If you're not a ticketed, confirmed passenger, let me encourage you. Maybe today is the day you become a ticketed, confirmed, confident passenger. One in whom the Holy Spirit is given, poured into, and your life transformed. Your perspective and your view of everything is changed supernaturally. Because the true and living God has placed his spirit in you. No more temple that you have to go visit, but he is with you. You have become the temple of the living God who will guide you and cleanse you and walk with you and work with you. He loves you. And Jesus died to demonstrate the greatness of that love and the depth of that love. Well, Look at verse 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay your life down for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. This is actually good news. Your failure is anticipated. Your failure is already known, already anticipated. The Gospel of Mark gives us more information. Mark chapter 14, Jesus actually says, all of you will be made to stumble because of me. Peter chimes in and says, even if all walk away, I will not. And that's where more information brings more clarity. And then Jesus is talking about, before the rooster crows, you're going to die me three times, Peter. He's very emphatic. He thinks he's stronger than he actually is. And of course, we know about his denials, the three denials. Not only that, but there's a a scene where after the rooster crows, Peter catches a gaze and Jesus and Peter make eye contact. I, I don't know how Peter must have felt but it can't be good. Maybe you felt that way. Maybe you have felt, man, I've disappointed the Lord. Let me enlighten you. The Lord knows in advance your imperfections. He knows about your failures in advance. And let me um, tie this up and, and put it in a package and a bow for you, gift wrapped, so you can understand this clearly. Since nothing you ever can do, ever, surprises him because he already knows all of it, that would mean nothing you could ever do can disappoint him. Because he already knows. Let me put it this way. I'm watching a football game, right? You watch a football game, and you're, you're going in. You guys are behind. You need a touchdown. Field goal is not going to do it. You've got to go in. There's very limited time. So you're going down the field, and, and the guy hands it off. And the running back starts to run, and he fumbles it. The other team pounces on it. There's not much time left, and you go, oh, you're disappointed in him. Why? did we, You should have cut there. Oh, his coach was always telling him, carry it like this. You carry it like this disappointed. I didn't know, man. And now I'm let down and it's over. But let's say the next play, for whatever reason, miraculously, the quarterback takes it and I don't know, maybe they want to run the score. I don't know what he's thinking. But he decides instead of trying to end the game, he decides to go for one more. He throws a pass. The defender was ready for it, more ready than the receiver. And the ball bounces. He catches it and miraculously runs it in for a touchdown, and you win the game. That's a miracle. You didn't know that was going to happen. You hinged everything on the fumble. So when I watched the game live, I was so focused on the fumble, man. I was disappointed. I traded the guy. got to get rid of this guy. He doesn't listen. But he was also disappointed in himself. He would go off, and he didn't know what was coming. But now, let's say I take the game, and it's on video, and I start to watch it. And I watch the game, and that same fumble happens. What's my reaction? Is it like, oh, man, he did it again? Every time I play this, he does it. (laughs) No, I knew it was going to happen, but you know what I also know? I also know what's coming next. I also know what's going to happen. I know what he's going to do. He's going to go over there. He's going to feel bad. Man, I, my heart goes out to him because I know what I'm doing. He didn't mess up the whole game. I got that. Well, I don't have it, but I know how it turns out. You see, I can't be disappointed by that because it's a replay. I already know how it turns out. In the same way, you can't disappoint The Lord. He knows. Now, where he is grieved, what you can do is he hurts when you hurt. And you hurt when you make the mistakes that he's trying to get you to avoid. And he grieves. And he hurts. He doesn't want you hurting. He wants you to walk through the life the right way. And he knows the pains are going to come. Some not of your baking Making. And he wants to be there. But your failure is anticipated. He already knows. In fact, he died so that you might be able to move on from them. You don't have to sit there and and wallow in them. Oh, I I messed up, man, I can't. No, no, I died for that. I saw it coming. Now let's get out of this. You're, You're not useful to anybody. Let's move forward. You come, you confess, you let me know. I know it's there, but I want you to recognize it. This is how we got into this mess. Like the running back. Your coach kept telling you, when you go into those holes, when you take that cut, and you didn't, now you learned your lesson. Let's move forward. We got a game to play. We got more seasons. Jesus died so that we wouldn't take it casually, but so that we could move forward. And what's so, this grace, it's very humbling and life-transforming when it's received. It's not something to be abused. See, some will say, well, people will trample on the grace of God. No, not a believer. Not somebody who locks gaze with the Lord. Not that person.
0: Not a real believer. They don't trample on grace. Hey, we're so glad you joined us today for Pastor Troy's teaching in the book of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll also find an archive of previous messages from Pastor Troy, as well as information about this radio ministry, Building on the Solid Rock. You might be interested in the church behind this ministry as well, Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to meet you and for you to be a part of our weekly services. For the latest service times, please visit our website. You'll find a link to Calvary Chapel Solid Rock at buildingonthesolidrock.com. From all of us on the production team at Building on the Solid Rock, we'd like to say thank you for tuning in today. We pray you continue to seek God during these times of uncertainty and that you explore what He wants to teach you in His Word. Join us again as Pastor Troy continues sharing from the Book of John on building on the solid rock.
1: Let the light of Christ shine as we grow it in Him. Come have your way in us.